welcome to the Lagos of Experience and Truth podcast, where I continue to unlock the mysteries of the beautific vision of God. In today's episode, I'm going to continue the discussion found in the episode on meditation in the West and talk about if there is a correct way to meditate or not. Also, for ease of speaking, I'm going to refer to the overall practice and method and path as meditation. When I refer to St. John of the Cross or Catholic monasticism, I'll try to remember to say contemplative prayer, but it's just easier to call this all meditation. Now, at first glance, this is actually more difficult to answer than one would expect for both veterans and newbies to the practice. What I'll try to address in this is time or scheduling, posture and breathing, or kind of the physical stuff, and then also the mental aspect to meditation. Now, what do I mean by that? Specifically, I mean how impressionistic you are and whether or not you've overcome this or if you feel you should adhere to this at any point in learning to meditate. Now, specifically what I'm referring to this is my own personal experience that I had when it came to learning to meditate because pretty much all Eastern religions and then any of the New Age stuff that adheres to Eastern traditions say, speak, tout, and speak about meditating in what is called the lotus position, if you're not familiar with it. And depending on your own personal flexibility, this might be incredibly painful for you to achieve and maintain, as it was for me. But if you consider that you're new to something, the mind typically wants to adhere to what is or what already is, these steps that have already been laid. And you can see how this affects much of human history, the generational changes. The next generation wants to either adhere to or alter and change what came before it. Positives and negatives taking both roads. So I won't go any deeper into that. What I will say, though, is personal experience is important when it comes to this. You may want to just jump right into, for instance, meditating and trying to meditate in the lotus position because there are many benefits to it. It helps you sit in the position. It straightens out your spine. It allows you to sit in the position in a good posture for a long period of time, as long as your legs aren't killing you the way they were me. I'm just not flexible. I wasn't flexible. I still am not flexible in that way. And eventually, what happened in my mind was sitting in this position, I'm only trying to do it because I'm being told that this is the best position. But it's not working out for me. So do I, A, continue to try to sit in this position and adhere to what I've been told, or do I move forward, continuing to meditate in a more comfortable position on my legs and knees? And as you can imagine, that was the stance that I took. So that type of assessment is only possible if you at least try it. 
you may sit in that position and find that it is perfect for you. So definitely, I'm not saying don't try to sit in it. There are lots of voices throughout history that have said that that is the best position to meditate in, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be the best for you. I had to dig deep into my mind to understand why. And the reason for me is at the time when I began to learn to meditate, my father had either just had knee surgery or was about to go into knee surgery. So I was being very influenced by my not wanting that to be my path later on in life. And sitting in a position where it felt like I was tearing my knees apart meant that I was very cognizant of what was happening physically to me because when you study science and genetics and things of that nature, it's like, well, this is my father. He's given me his genetic material. Does this mean that I will have knee things the way that he does? In my mind, I was trying to eliminate each of those things that I saw that could bring me towards having knee issues later on in life. And sitting in a position that brought extraordinary amounts of strain on my thighs and knees seemed to be one of those things that I should get rid of. Not saying that he did that position and that that caused it. That's not what I'm saying. But that for me, in trying to do that at that time, I was more influenced by my own experience versus the experience of the countless other gurus and masters throughout the Eastern religions that have taught to sit in that position. But I wouldn't have come to that decision if I had not attempted the position and attempted it for, I think I did it for a good year or two, trying to sit in that position. And then eventually I just tossed it out the window. But definitely taking the initiative to give it a shot is important because that is how you will find out if you do or do not want to do it. The same as meditation in general. So let's get into more of the physical stuff. When to meditate. A routine, I would say, is best. And I think anybody would say is best with it. Those that remember the old school Batman show, right? Same bat time, same bat channel. There is something extraordinary and powerful with building a routine and sticking to it at the same time. And once you actually do this, it's very bizarre and insanely accurate how the biblical timelines kind of come into effect with this. So I'll give you the example of how I've seen it. Three days and 40 days. Three days to know that you can do it. And this works in both ways, whether you're building a routine or trying to erase one. The first day, for instance, of trying to do anything is pretty easy, right? You've got all that enthusiasm. You've got all that energy. I'm going to do it today. The second day is typically easy as well. May not be. It's more, do I want to continue doing this? Day three, though, is when the mind just literally goes bonkers. I don't want to do this or I do want to do this. Back and forth, back and forth. Usually a challenge to go three days straight, either trying to do something new or trying to erase something etched in your mind and in your habitual daily activities. But if you do make it past the three days, well, how far should you go to truly build that routine into yourself? Well, 
20 days didn't really seem to be enough. 10 days wasn't. There's something spiritually magical about 40 days for some reason. I don't know how else to word it than that. Maybe because I've read the Bible and you see the 40-day thing all over the place and it's like, hmm, maybe I should adhere to that number. But there is something very strong about the 40 days. And I think, and I mentioned that there is something with cellular regeneration that occurs at 40 days. I can't remember the exact thing that happens at 40 days, somewhere between 36 and 40 days of cellular regeneration, but that your body and your mind at the same time are regenerating. And when you can combine them in that way, that is how you enact greater change in yourself. What I also say is probably unanimous across anything I've read about meditation is your breathing. Deep breaths to calm you down. Slow your roll and bring your awareness into your mind of the present moment by concentrating on your breath. That is what the key is. It's not so much the breath and the breathing, even though it is helping. The key is to concentrate on the breath. Since the difficulty in meditation, of course, especially when you're starting out, is focus. The whole point of what you're trying to achieve is to focus, is to calm down what the yogis have worded as the monkey mind. You're trying to focus on X, and for some reason, the mind wants to think about every other letter in the alphabet. (laughs) It just bounces over and over and over again, imagining this, thinking about that, or depending on the type of voice that you personally have in your mind, what it's attacking within you for doing the new XYZ thing, in this case meditation, or for trying to eliminate a routine. Why are you trying to get rid of this? Don't do this new thing. Come back and do this thing. And since I grew up watching Mickey and Donald cartoons, every time I think about this, I remember the Donald Duck cartoons with the angel and the demon on his shoulders. and that inner dialogue of yes and no, of good and evil, of left or right, of up or down, right? That dualistic nature of the mind of doing something or not doing something and that there's this internal battle occurring from that. So is there a correct way to meditate? Well, of course, there's a yes and a no to that. I would say if you're new to the practice, definitely adhere to a common routine. Give the lotus position a shot since there are benefits to it. But if you do feel your legs tearing apart (laughs) the way mine were, then probably that doesn't work for you. And sitting in a chair upright is probably fine. I meditate all the time laying down. That's actually a good way of producing or influencing yourself to have more powerful dreams. So if you're looking for more powerful dreams and being able to remember dreams, then laying down and meditating and falling asleep doing that may help influence that as well. So it really depends on, I think, where you're at in the spiritual journey. If you're just starting out, that's why it is good to adhere to something that exists already. But If the goal is to break through the maya or the illusion of the world, then adhering to that specific teaching of you must 
meditate in the lotus position for it is the best position, is you still taking part in the maya, especially if the only reason you are doing it is because you are being told that you must do it. So breaking free from that could actually be an aspect of breaking free from the maya for you in particular, if that is your path. But that obviously depends on how you are viewing your mind while you are meditating. And I'll leave you at that. Until next time. <laughs>